Apple's iPhone extravaganza this week, still the biggest product event of the year in tech. And why? Well, it's a simple reason. The iPhone remains the single most successful hardware product of the PC era. Uh, we can talk about whether sales are growing or not, whether Apple's innovating or not, but Apple still sells more premium phones every year than anyone else. So, what happened this week? Well, three new iPhones announced, the iPhone 11, 11 Pro, and Pro Max, a new Apple Watch with a screen that doesn't turn off, finally, a new entry-level iPad, and two services at $4.99 a month, Apple Arcade and Apple TV Plus. We got details. So, what does all of this mean? Should you pay 300 bucks more for three cameras on the back instead of two? Does the watch update really matter? And can Apple out HBO HBO? Welcome to Fort Knox, Rich Ideas from Powerful People. I am John Fort from CNBC here at the NASDAQ market site overlooking Times Square. With me this week, a great lineup of people who know their stuff. First up is going to be Walt Mossberg, the godfather of tech reviews. He's going to talk big picture from DC. Later on, we've got tech analyst extraordinaire Pat Moorhead from Texas. Tech strategist Shelley Palmer here with me in New York are going to sift through and tell us which of these products and services are most significant. And then CNBC's own Julia Borston going to join us live from L.A., give the view from Hollywood on Apple subscription moves. But first, Walt Mossberg, always good to see you, man. John? So uh, tell me, iPhone 11 in kind of like the ranking of iPhone announcements. We don't have a big network upgrade here, but we do have some new camera features. Where, where would this one rank? Um, you know, I think it's iterative. Um, and people don't, at Apple, I spoke to some of them this morning, don't necessarily love that term. But um, the, the, the last big change in the iPhone, where they really changed the form factor and the, and the and the way you operated it and took away the home button and all that was the iPhone 10 in 2017. Mm. Everything these are all last years were derivative of that. This is still derivative of that. Now is it better? It's better. It has a better screen. It has a much faster processor. It has uh, uh, in the in every model and particularly in the Pro models much uh, improved battery life. Um, and so, and, and these cameras can do a lot more. But the, it's not like the camera on the iPhone 10 in 2017 wasn't a terrific camera, because right? it was. I mean, it was amazing, just last year, supposedly, right? I mean, year before yeah. last, but yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I have to say this is not one of their giant landmark moments, not one of their giant landmark years. Um, I think, you know, if I were still writing my columns, um, I would not advise somebody with one of the last two years iPhones to upgrade to these, even though they are arguably better. Um, but if you had an older iPhone or you were looking to get into iPhones, uh, there's even a little price cut on <laughs> the, the, lower end, the lower end one. And so it might not be a bad time to get in, except... You know, well, I, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you because, you know, you know me. We, we've gone back a long time. I I've do got, know you. I've got an iPhone 8, and I had a 10, but I figured out I, I really don't like Face ID that much. I like being able to unlock my phone when it's uh -huh. sitting on the nightstand, when I'm typing on the keyboard. I like to be able to unlock it without having to crane over 
and look it in the face. Uh -huh. um, That's true. You know, so so even with an eight, I'm not sure I'm going to jump out and buy this one. What do you think it is that has caused the upgrade cycle to elongate? It used to be every couple years people who well, had these phones would get a new one. Now it's like four. Because they figured out how to make a great phone. Apple mm -hmm. did, and then the others, the some of the Android's got, Android guys did a great premium phone. And people's and, and the big new features have stopped coming. Are there new features on this? Yes, there are. The, the, the ultra widescreen photos and the integration of the three lenses in a way that I don't think the Android guys have done yet, although we'll see. Right. Uh, but, Google's up uh, there. Yeah, there, there's others coming, but Apple does a great job of integrating it so it looks like one lens and mm. you know all of that is great yeah. but it's not a big big new deal like we used to see uh you know in the 2000s when it was boom this huge new thing is here boom this these two new huge things are in the phone that you desperately want you know and so on and so forth it, it has settled down now the big deal and this goes to the question of whether you should upgrade this year you or i or anyone else is 5g 5G could be a big deal uh, for folks. Apple is strongly rumored to have 5G next year. And so, right. to me, that's another reason to say, mm, really, maybe maybe I don't want to do this year. Maybe I want to do next year. And you know what? I was looking. I was looking. When did we get LTE? Because I was going back. I couldn't, I couldn't remember exactly what year. It was like 2012 with the iPhone 5. I mean, it's been that long since we had a significant network upgrade. I remember the early days of the iPhone. The first iPhone had 2.5G. Getting 3G was a big deal. Then 3.5G, right. well, now you could do video. That was big. And then 4G. And then we've had this long gap. I mean, it used to be network upgrades really powered phone upgrades in the early days. And then that stopped. Well, of course, that's not Apple's fault, right? But it's, it's just the way the timing, uh, you know, is is rolling out for this. And I don't. By the way, I don't blame Apple for not having a 5G phone this year. I think there's going to be almost no 5G places to use it. Yeah. Uh, and and they want to make they want the chip to be right and they all of that stuff. But um, but if you're a consumer and you're thinking about whether it's monthly payments or whether it's one payment. Uh, do you want to take the plunge this year? Maybe if you're having, uh, if your phone model is, you know, running out of battery or you really are a photo person and you want, because one of, they showed some super cool things like multiple video streams at mm -hmm. once and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, that might make you bite. But, but for the vast middle, the vast bulk, People like John Fort and Walt Mossberg, apparently. Um, <laughs> it might be that you wait till the 5G five, five, uh, next year. However, on the Apple Watch, they made a big change this year. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that is that for the first time since it came out, and I am an Apple Watch fan, and I have, I have one right here, and uh, the lots of people you see every day, John, I'm sure, have them. I've got one uh, on, sure. you got one on. Um, now, for the first time, the Apple Watch is going to always be on. It's going to be dimmer when, you're, when, it's, when, you're, when your wrist isn't raised, but it's still going to be on. 
and you're that's not huge. only going to be able to see the time, but you're going to be able to see all your complications. That's the word for the extra information that you put on the Which screen. Which I can't believe Apple actually used because it, there's so much about technology being simple. I know it's a watch industry term and everything, but complications, every time, I, every time they say that, I'm like, really, I can't believe they're actually using the word complications. But okay, go ahead, right? Well, look, yesterday, yesterday they put when I, a guy who I'm sure is a very smart, very vital person and maybe even a really nice guy on stage to talk about deep in the weeds breakdown of the processor, which <laughs> I really don't think that would have been a Steve Jobs move. Uh, in his lifetime. The at closest these events. they got, right, was when Phil Schiller used to come on stage and they would talk about, you know, the processors and the G4, you know, tower and how they compared versus Intel back when IBM and Motorola were helping them make those chips. They would get into the weeds a little bit there. But yeah, that was a, that a was little a bit. bit. A they, a little they would bit. mostly just say, they would have a slide that would show it, you know, bursting into flames and blowing <laughs> away the Pentium and whatever, you know. This was different yesterday. So, um, uh, you know, and, and it's probably all justified. It's, you know, machine learning. I think one of their main points was, hey, their processor can do machine learning with, with its, like, left pinky finger while it's <laughs> doing all this other stuff. And that may well be true. They typically are way ahead on the processor. Now, give but, me your take, finally, on um, the, the Apple Arcade and TV Plus, because it seems like Apple's trying to apply its sort of curating, you know, cultured take to content that they have to hardware and software, and it's different from the rest of the industry. They're coming out with, what, nine shows initially? They're going to add right. more every month. But, I mean, the, the approach has been give people a whole lot of content and then let them choose. Apple's trying to say, no, this is the content that you're absolutely going to love. Kind of Pixar-like, but Steve Jobs isn't with them anymore. Can they do it? Uh, well, I don't know about you, but the, 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 the previews, the trailers I've seen, and they showed one at the event uh, yesterday, uh, look pretty good to me. The morning show one looks terrific. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I, as I said, I was talking to people at Apple today because I don't want to look dumb with, in front of John Ford. <laughs> and uh, one very senior person, this is not a PR person, said to me, our approach is much more sort of early HBO here, where mm. we're going for high quality, limited quantity than it is Netflix, and that's what we're doing. But there's more to the story, of course, and 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 that is both, and the same with the game thing. I I, I don't, I can't give you a judgment on the quality of the games yet, but it seems to me that these 4.99, which is not a lot of money, it's almost an impulse buy. I pay, I think I paid four dollars and thirteen cents for my Starbucks yesterday. Mm. Um, What'd you have? It was a Trenta iced coffee. Nice, but. Um, the, uh, the, the point is they want to lock you into the ecosystem. And as you have reported about a billion times, and properly so, they're trying to build up and have built up their services business. If you broke yep. their services business out of the company, it would be on the Fortune 500. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to you know, bolster that out. That's why if you buy a new iPhone... 
or a Mac or an iPad. There's also a new iPad we didn't mention at yes. the low end. Even if an, you buy I, one even of an those, iPod Touch, you can you that you can get this service yeah. and and that's a year free. And if you don't buy a new one and you want to and you want to own it anyway, it's four ninety nine a month, which is not much money. Not bad, and, especially especially when it's four ninety nine. For the whole family family plan, right? Well, there's like six. I think six people can use it. Yeah. But on the, put it, flip that around. They can't charge much much more than that because Disney is going to be at what six ninety nine, and they have a whole back catalog. Yeah, the library to end all. A zillion shows and yeah. all of Marvel and all of Star <laughs> Wars and all that kind of stuff. So there, Apple has picked a particular niche that is going to be helpful to selling their hardware products. And uh, maybe make them a little money. Maybe they're losing money on it. I don't know. It doesn't sort of matter at the at the at the amount they're spending. Well, and um, so that's what that's what I think about those two things. Always value your insights, Walt Mossberg. Thanks for joining me today. Anytime, John. All right, now let's talk about yesterday's biggest announcements. Joining me now for a little Would You Rather to Tech Vets. Shelly Palmer here with me in New York and Patrick Moorhead. Okay, up first, what do we have? Better value, Apple Arcade or Apple TV Plus? All right, Shelly, what do you say? It's apples and oranges. From my perspective, it's a gateway drug. Both of them are gateway drugs into Apple. And yeah, but if you got five bucks to spend, well, you right? know, sixty percent of is? so sixty percent of all mobile usage, period, is games. Uh -huh. Sixty six zero. So that's pretty valuable. Apple TV Plus. Every single every single media company will tell you you cannot in any way decouple content from distribution anymore. Everybody's got a strategy to put those two things together. Mm. So Apple's got a strategy to put these two things together and this is their little tiptoe into the water. Is it valuable? Content is in the eyes of the beholder, right? So you can't really say it's more or less valuable at five bucks a month. It's how many five dollars do you have? <laughs> Pat, what do you say? I mean, on the one hand, you've got Apple TV Plus. They just got nine shows, right? Uh, right. Curated shows, but nine of them. Then on the other hand, you've got Arcade, 100 games, but they're not necessarily games that you've heard of. They're like crafted, curated games, uh, like, like indie movie type games. Which one is going to be, you think, the best value for the typical person? So... Typical person, I think we have to split this into two. I know you want a straightforward answer, but you're not going to get one here. <laughs> I think for family fun, you have to go with arcade mm. because these are, are very narrow genre. Uh, fun for the whole family. You don't have these violent first-person shooters. I think if you're a family, you go with arcade. I think if you're not a family, then I think there's at least one hit inside of Apple TV Plus. That's all they need. Uh, Hulu, sure, has this huge back catalog, but it's really defined by The Handmaid's Tales and maybe one or two other shows. All Apple needs is one hit, and, and you're locked in, and at least two, uh, I think, look pretty good, especially C, but that's, that's my demographic and the thing that I like. Yeah, C, C looks good. You know, the, the, the world where everybody's blind except for a few, a few new people who are born. Shelly, I got to tell you, I think that TV might be the best deal, even for families, 
because it's $4.99 and there's six accounts. The only issue is, I don't know if I want my kids sort of uh, willy-nilly playing games, feeling like all you can eat. Their time is limited anyway, so I don't so know if... So Apple has a tremendously good parental control system, and mm -hmm. as a father and a grandfather, I am completely happy to tell you that you can get every ounce of control you want inside the Apple ecosystem. So limiting the number of games played, limiting the amount of television watched or videos watched, super easy to do for parents, you're right, for $4.99 a month and all you can eat, hey, an all you can eat buffet is an all you can eat buffet no matter how you think about it, it's an all you can eat buffet. The problem is once I'm paying for an all you can eat buffet, I kind of want people to eat a lot. <laughs> right now my well, kids are you know, playing I, the free games and they're okay, so yeah. do I want to pay for them to play more? I don't know, I, I see where you're coming from. I think one of that. the challenges here, one of the things we're ignoring here is that Arcade is Apple only, okay? Yeah. And while 50% of North American uh, smartphones are iPhones, that is not the case around the world. Right. The thing I really like with Apple TV Plus is that whether you're on Android or Windows, mm. and Apple's even uh, adding multiple TV support, the top brands on the planet, uh, you're gonna find Apple TV Plus where you have to be part of the Apple ecosystem to get that, that full breadth. And, uh, the percentage of people globally who have iPhone, Mac, iPad, Apple TV is actually low. Yeah. To Good be point. fair, John, if you think about what Apple's up against right now, handsets are over. We can talk about anything you want to talk about. Better battery, better screen. By the way, the cameras they put out yesterday, that's a whole other level. And the computational photography that they demonstrated, no matter what any of my colleagues that are pundits <laughs> say, I'm telling you that is game changing. The mm. workflow is unlike anything ever put in any device in the history of devices. But that doesn't change one reality. Handsets are done. The next Meaning thing- Everybody has them and no, has to have them. And that's so right. And, and the next thing is either <laughs> AR eyeglasses or mixed reality glasses or implants or a cuff or a Darth Vader helmet or something. What it isn't is a handset. So what we're only ever going to see incremental iteration from now on. Better battery, better screen, better this, better that. So what does Apple have to do? They have to get you deep into an ecosystem where they can consistently get service revenue and TV and games both check those boxes for real. <laughs> so if they gave it to you for five bucks a month, which is just enough friction to make you someone who wants it and not enough money where you'd say, oh, this is a problem for me. They're going to start, yeah, what they'll learn, and then they're going to go. Yeah. We're in this, uh, I, I tend to agree, uh, smartphones is the new PC market. Yeah. And we're in this uncomfortable zone with Apple that we're far away from automotive and augmented reality. So for Wall Street, uh, how do you connect the two? Well, it's services. Uh, yes. the, the challenge though is, is that Apple can't get too comfortable with that position. We saw what it did to companies like IBM who turned a little bit inward and found ways to monetize uh, their customers as yeah. opposed to uh, looking outward to new markets. And Apple needs to be very careful with this because it's the classic innovator's dilemma. When you have this degree of success, you have to keep reinventing yourself. And I've never seen a company long-term be able to, uh, for lack of a better term, milk its customer set uh, without innovating. Reminds uh, in me of the PC in 2002, 2003. People were saying that was over too. And in a way, in a way it yeah. was. All right, next pairing. Let's have it. More impressive, the new Apple Watch or the new iPad? All right, Pat, you're up first. Which is more impressive, the entry-level watch or the entry-level iPad? I have to say the entry-level watch. I mean, 
this is going to be a game changer at $199. Even though it's not the latest and greatest, you do have the base level of advanced features. You could even get cellular in that if you wanted. Now, that's not $199. So you're saying last still, year's you watch at $199, features. more impressive than the new always-on watch at $399. Absolutely. And impressive to me, just that you've removed a psychological pricing barrier. It may only be $50, but that retail price point of $199 versus $249, I think is huge. I think you're gonna see uh, kids buy their parents and their grandparents these watches. Everybody who wanted an Apple Watch is gonna get one of these, as opposed to, which by the way, it's, it's a super differentiated product. Watch is Apple's most differentiated platform right now. Uh, it's not iPhone, it's not the Mac, it's not Apple TV, uh, it's watch. Yeah, if you're Fitbit, you're probably not having a good day. <laughs> Shelly, what do you say? Watch well, or iPad? And I'm really looking for the new watch or the new iPad, but so, you know, do what you want. No, no, no. First of all, <laughs> the iPad's at a price point, that's great. The new watch is really important to me personally, and I'll tell you why. Why? They have opened up the platform to researchers worldwide and with Apple's level of encryption and their respect for PHI, personal health information, they announced three partnerships yesterday that are gonna actually change lives, save lives, and make the world a better place. And they're actually reinventing healthcare with the Apple Watch. Now, I'm personally working on a thing called Food Fighter right now to win your daily battle with food, and that is not a diet program, that's a stay alive program, because we're genetically programmed to not be able to keep the weight off once we lose it, right? And the only way to learn about this is to take a ton of data off something and to constantly analyze it to use all the tools available. Apple understands heart conditions, all the problems with inflammation, everything you can do uh, with respect to women's uh, reproductive health can be learned about by taking massive data sets and analyzing them. And yesterday's announcement made me really happy that they're taking their incredible privacy tools, their incredible technology tools, and they're saying, you know what? we can do medical research that's gonna actually help people. That's what the, the Series 5 is about, and I was blown away by that little bit all by itself. That does speak to impact. And Pat, you, you raise an interesting point <laughs> about the year-old watch because the year-old iPad has been on sale at Amazon and Walmart for $249 for some time now. Just uh, a week or two ago, I was looking for one for, for my son for school and whatnot and saw, oh wait, $249? It's still selling for $3.29 on Apple. I know there's probably a new one coming, but $2.49 I can get with. I'm more impressed with that price on last year's iPad even than I am with the new iPad. What do well, you John say? And, John and, and, well, John, you, you take that $2.49 or $2.99, and then you add the $129 case, uh, and, and then you, you add the pencil, and here you are at around $600 all in. This is for from my sixth grader, though. He's not getting any of that. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I'm with you. And I'm thinking beyond the sixth grader, which is why the sixth graders are important. But as they, they move up the track, what's portrayed as a low-cost, very high-quality offering, and I give Apple a ton of credit for enhancing multitasking uh, with the latest version of iOS, you still have a very expensive platform. And when you compare that to how far a Windows 10 laptop has come or how far a Chromebook has come, it's an even it's a much harder decision and trade-off today than this was 5 years ago. Okay, we got to get we got to get this last pairing. Let's give it to us. Superior phone, the iPhone 11 Pro Max or 
the Samsung Galaxy Note 10 Plus. I know I'm going to want to hear from you on this, Pat, because you've got experience with the Galaxy. Shelly, what do you say? Okay, as a Note 10 user uh -huh. and an iPhone user, I will tell you that both devices are great. There's no such thing as best, there's only best for you. But So which is best for you? I'll tell you what's best for everybody right now. <laughs> if you make content for a living, and most people do, if you're a social media person or you like to post stuff, the three prime lenses on an iPhone 11 Pro Max, including the ability to shoot the front and rear facing cameras simultaneously, time, yeah. to get four images to choose from with onboard editing, so if I'm doing a concert, I can do the audience and the performer. If I'm shooting an interview, I can get both of us at the same time and then make the edits afterwards. For the posting of social media, for the doing of any kind of videoing that any dad has ever done at a soccer field, at any kind of concert for their kid, if, if you make content, and we all do, this is the most remarkable thing anyone's ever brought to market. Now look, the Note 10 is mind-blowingly great. It's a business tool. It's one of my favorite devices that Samsung's ever made. If you're an Android person, it's amazing. But for iPhone, you know, computational photography is a new level, and they're the first group that's gotten into that deeply. And I want to tell you, the, the stuff that we're doing in the device to enhance photographs and video yesterday, blew my mind. So they got they get a checkbox until Samsung can answer. Samsung, the gauntlet's been thrown down for Samsung. The Note 10 was never trying to do this. The Note 10 is trying to be a great business tool, and it is. This is a content generation tool unlike any I've ever seen. All right, Pat, what do you say? I think Samsung doesn't tend to even get enough credit for its camera technology and its screen technology. Mm -hmm. Who do you think might have the edge here? I think for still photography and business, there's no question in my mind, it's, it's the Note 10. And, and I agree with Shelly that the five people who are going to want those four video streams uh, at the same time, uh, the Pro Max is for them. And I think that I'm going to have to give the edge on video to the Pro Max as well. I did a little bit of testing when I was at the event. It doesn't have, when you switch from lens to lens to lens, it doesn't have that, that jerk that I've experienced, but Huawei and Samsung have both had triple lenses and have had fantastic computational video for years now. And so it sounds like you're leaning towards Samsung in this one. Uh, it sounds to me, Shelley, like if, and you alluded to this a little bit, if you're an Android person, not no, necessarily anything here that's gonna convert you. Right? No, look, if you're an Apple person, nothing else will do. If you're a Samsung person, nothing else will do. If it, this really all depends on what your use case is, and it always has depended on what your use case is. If you're a business person, if you like the, uh, the pen, the S Pen, which is awesome, like if you like to take notes like I do on just the surface of the device, there's nothing like a Note 10 and an S Pen. It's amazing. Mm. On the other hand, you, when you go out and you're shooting, and I don't know if it's just five people that are going to shoot or a lot of people, because I see an awful lot of video. By the way, when we talk about why 5G is not there, low latency, high bandwidth networks, you want to see eating bandwidth? You look at a 4K camera, you start making 4K oh, videos, yeah. start throwing that stuff around. You give yourself three and four <laughs> and five different shots to choose from. You want to start chewing up storage in the phone? You're going to need the 512. Well, you're going to need a ton of, like, you're going to need a ton of things you don't have. I've got two friends who switch back and forth between iPhone and Samsung. So we'll see which way that, that'll sort of be YouTube. You got them both. Shelly? I carry both. I carry both, too. Three phones at all times. But you guys are professional. I mean, like, regular We're people. morons. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 you're, 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 like, up here. You're like exactly. in that different echelon of you do it for a living. Okay, guys, thank you for all the insights. Uh, see you again soon, I Thanks, hope. Thanks, John. And we want to close the show today with Julia Borston. I want to get 
Hollywood's view on Apple's new streaming service, Apple TV Plus. What, if anything, does this mean for Disney, Hulu, Netflix, etc.? Julia, I know you haven't talked to all of Hollywood about this, but you are really plugged in <laughs> to the, strat the strategies behind all these streaming services. On the one hand, $4.99. On the other hand, no library and hardly any shows. So is this going to have any impact on the way the others move from here? Well, it's interesting, John, and it depends whether or not you consider Netflix to be part of Hollywood these days. I would argue it probably is, and I spoke to a source who's familiar with Netflix's thinking on this, and I asked what the reaction is to the pricing of Apple TV Plus at, at $5 a month, which is half of what some analysts expected. And this source said that basically Netflix thinks this is probably a good thing for them and that most Netflix customers will see this as complimentary rather than as something they should switch to. Complimentary because the price point is low mm. and it's not a direct analog for the $13 a month service that's the most popular Netflix option right now. And because there's so little content, it's not going to direct replace what you're getting from Netflix. So the theory would be that Netflix could actually see it as a good thing that Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus are so much less expensive. But then the question then becomes, what will happen when Apple dramatically ramps up the amount of content it has and could potentially then decide to increase its price as well? And then last question, Julia, because I know you got to run. Um, how hard is it, what Apple's trying to do here, to offer this curated kind of choice number of shows and a few movies. They're arguing we don't have to do everything. We just have to do a few things really, really well, kind of like early HBO. But even early HBO had library, right? Making good content is very hard, John. I think that's something that every single player across Hollywood understands um, just too well. So I think the question is how good this content ends up being. And if you're creating a portfolio strategy where you're going to end up having 24 shows going on at once, then it's okay if one or two of them is a total disaster. But sometimes <laughs> it's hard to tell until this content is already out there in the world. So from a Hollywood production standpoint, I think all the studios um, nearby where I am right now in Universal City are quite pleased that there are all these buy because it means there, there's yet another studio that, I mean, another place for a studio to sell their content. But I think it's too soon to say whether or not these shows are going to be huge hits because they haven't been seen yet. But I think the more shows that Apple invests in, the better chance it has of actually having one of those shows being a huge hit like a call it Game of Thrones. Yeah, and I know Hollywood's licking their chops for some of that Apple money. Julia Borston, thank you. And boy, I, I don't know what Thanks else you want. I mean, we talked about all the major announcements, got takes, even if we had to force them a little bit on what's more important between Arcade and TV Plus. We talked about iPad, Apple Watch. We had Walt Mossberg. I mean, we practically pulled him out of retirement. Uh, I know I got a lot of insights, but for now, that'll do it for Fort Knox this week. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. I'm John Fort from CNBC, and this has been Fort Knox, rich ideas and powerful people. Subscribe wherever fine podcasts are distributed. Check out the reviews on iTunes. Leave me a note. Also, subscribe to the Fort Knox series on LinkedIn. That's brand new and a great way to keep up with the trends I'm seeing both on this Fort Knox show and in my other work on CNBC. That's also the absolute best way to be in touch with me. Leave a comment on the series. Also, subscribe to the Fort Knox channel on YouTube, F-O-R-T-T-K-N-O-X dot com slash YouTube. 
Matter of fact, you can go to YouTube now and see video of these conversations. Or you can go to the CNBC apps on Apple TV or Amazon Fire TV and find Fort Knox in the featured area. Meanwhile, share this, tell a friend, drop me a note on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or fortnox.com. And as always, thank you for lending an ear.